0: Hello friends, welcome to the Eighth House of Astrology,
1: ruler of occult, magic, mystery, and truth. Join me, Sarah, a developing psychic medium with a scientific mind, and my good friend Eliza, a tarotist and thanatologist, as we explore, through the lens of the Tarot, the healing hidden within the deepest, and sometimes the darkest corners of the human experience. Yeah, that's part of my, my own trauma story is being unwanted from the very beginning and sort of my mother's fears and um, all of that. That was kind of the soup I was cooking in in utero was I don't I don't want this. I can't handle this. What if something's wrong? They were both military before I was born. My mom was actually one of the first women Marines when they started letting wow. women in. Um and had quite an authoritarian sort of parenting style. And I tried and tried and tried to be, you know, the perfect little good girl and make her happy and just never could because she was so rigid and so narcissistic in so many ways. She wanted me to be a little extension of her rather than be me. So it's like, keep going back to this, like free to be you and me. No, but I, I sensed my therapy practice, um, not exclusively, but attracts a lot of people who are more sensitive. And yeah. it's not unusual for people who are more sensitive to have more psychic abilities. And it's not unusual for people who are sensitive to have really early, early kind of trauma. Right. Um, and that there's something, you know, early experiences like that really are life and death. You're just this little raw being who can't think, oh, yeah, I got fed a few hours ago. I'll probably get fed again soon. You just know I'm hungry. And if I don't get food, I'm going to die. But you don't even know it in words. You know it in this.
0: So that's the feeling that stays in your body.
1: Experience of terror, of need, of helplessness, of hopelessness, of all of those kinds of things. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Fascinating. So
1: a lot of the work I do is really about attunement. Um, And so say, for example, if someone, um, that was some of what they they had experienced and maybe they have trouble feeling close to people or maybe they have trouble feeling like people are really there. Maybe they have trouble feeling like they even belong on the planet. Like there's some sense, like I'm half here and I'm half not, you know? Mm -hmm. Some of my job is just to like help them feel like you're here, you're alive. I think I was 16. I'd gotten my heart broke or no, I was 17. I'd gotten my heart broken for the first time. And it was
0: me too. Yeah. Epic,
1: epic, epic, yeah. painful. I had a lot of somatic symptoms.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I was really dysregulated for a very long time. Just huge, yeah. grave, huge heartbreak that I now know touches into some of my attachment trauma. And so all of that stuff was getting re-stirred up and I didn't have a context for it. And, you know, when you're that young and you're in love, it's like, oh, this is going to be my person forever and ever and ever. And then they break up with you and you're like, I'm going to die old and alone. At
0: least that, that was how I was feeling.
1: And I think that's common to feel when you're the person. I just felt I
0: life. was going to die, <laughs> like, period. Like, yeah, yeah. I couldn't function. Yeah. Like, I, it mm-hmm. was like, um, it was like a death. I mean. Yeah
1: So my parents sent me to a therapist, and basically the therapist told them, "Your daughter' is really great. You should listen to her more often." Oh. So they sent me to another therapist, because that's not oh. the one to hear. <laughs> oh my god! And the second therapist worked with me for a period of months and essentially said, "Your daughter is really great. You should listen to her more often." <laughs> so they sent me to a third therapist.
0: Oh, this is like some kind of bad
1: joke or something.
0: Therapist,
1: so you know, my parents are telling me like you're fucked up, you're wrong, you're broken, you need you need help, you need mental help. Meanwhile, the experts are saying you're pretty great, like you're an amazing person, you're really smart, you're really insightful, you're really all these things. And so, the third therapist worked together for a while, and she's like, you don't really need to. Be here, like you're doing okay. And I said, "Yeah, but my parents want to pay you to see me because they think I'm fucked up. So can I keep coming? Because like I enjoy talking to you. So I had mm. this really opposite experience that was quite healing for me. That helped me see, oh, you know, don't believe everything you hear about yourself. You know, just because these people, these really critical, important people that got me into the world, think I'm messed up, it doesn't actually mean, yeah, that I'm messed up." you know, just because your family of origin or your caregivers think that you're, you know, you're the black sheep, you're the weirdo, you're the problem child, you're all of these things (sighs) that my family thought I was, and that most of my friends, like that was our subculture. We were all the punk, weird, alterna kids, many of whom, some of whom came from really free spirit families, many of whom came from families that were quite dysfunctional and made feel like, you're the one who's messed up. um, um, all of that. And, um, so around that age, there were some friends who we would get together and give each other massages. And I had never had a professional massage, but you know, I had all my teenage angsty stuff going on. And I always was struck that after I had received massage, I was more in my body. All my Mm -hmm. problems seemed different. My whole orientation to everything that was getting me down was different. Like I'd have more clarity or more of a sense of, uh, right timing or, uh, that I was okay or something like that. So I I started, I'd already been thinking, well, I'd like to go to college and, um, study psychology and maybe I'll go to grad school and I'll become psychotherapist and, and then I'll go to massage school and I'll start to weave, um, yeah.
0: Massage. I went to massage school
1: too. <laughs> you did. Okay. So I went to college and I went to massage school because I was like, you know, and had this idea in high school, like I'll go to college, I'll go to grad school and then I'll go to massage school. But I was like, yeah, so I'll go to massage school and I go to massage school and I did massage for 17 years straight. It's been a while. I stopped in 2015, um, which was the year that I applied to grad school because during that 17 years, you know, massage therapists have to have continuing education. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I never got licensed by
0: the way. Yeah. Oh,
1: okay. Well, so for seven of those years, I worked at an integrative medical clinic that was one of the first ones in the state. Like it was uh, quite groundbreaking. It was called Plum Spring Clinic in Chapel Hill. They were there and then closed actually right when I was leaving. And are open again. We're still in touch. They're fantastic people. Um, Dr. Dr. Sharp and Kathleen Williams. But so I was working there and we were seeing all these patients with um, really complex multi-system illnesses. Mm -hmm. And um, many of whom had been kind of kicked around the medical system from specialist to specialist, many of whom part of that journey included, you need to see a psychiatrist, maybe psychosomatic, a lot of people who were on a lot of pain medication because they had chronic pain. And so we had physical therapists and massage therapists on staff, including me. And so that's when I really started deeply studying the mind-body connection. Mm. Like there was some experience that was, it was like everything was fine until the divorce. Everything was fine until the car accident. Everything was fine until I was sexually assaulted. Everything was fine until, like there was something- Often, I think they already had a lot of stress and trauma in their systems, and there was some one experience that was like, this thing happened, and I just couldn't bounce back. Like a question I always hold is like, what's happened to you? Which is really different. So Julia, that- a different way of entering in with someone who's suffering. So a couple of things I want to say. One, there's a whole field of research now called on post-traumatic growth. Uh, which is like the silver lining, that if this shitty, horrible, worst thing ever thing didn't happen, I wouldn't be who I am today. I wouldn't have the gifts that I have, the sensitivity that I have, the compassion I have. I wouldn't have met this person, or I wouldn't be on this path. So that's a really beautiful thing about it. But the, like, kind of the, the other side of it that I want to, that I want to say a cautionary thing about is That whole, like, oh, you manifested this, this is happening for a reason. Uh -uh. Like, like that. Helpful. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I appreciate that. A simple definition of trauma that I find really helpful is that trauma is anything that happens that's too much too fast. Yeah. And you get overwhelmed. Yes. You know, and then after that, your system either is able to kind of metabolize it or it's not. And that's not your fault either.
0: Yeah. It's very sometimes subjective.
1: Within a period of days or weeks or months after a, you know, quote unquote traumatic event, we're able to sort of integrate it. And some of that might be, what kind of support do we have? Can we talk about it? Um, Do we have time to rest? Do we have people who are going to help take care of us? Or I was in the break room at the clinic one day and my friend and colleague Mark was like, you know about Hakomi, right? And I said, no, what is that? Some kind of Japanese flower arranging? And he was like, no, it's this body-centered psychotherapy stuff. And of anybody I know, you need to know about it. He loaned me the book on it. And I read literally the on the first page, I was completely and utterly hooked. I was like, this is different than anything I've ever, this is a whole different way of thinking. And I felt a little intimidated by it, the sense that I was almost like it was, it was blowing my mind and I was used to being able to understand things quickly. Like I was a kid that made straight A's and it wasn't hard for me. So it's rare that information feels like, whoa, like this is a stretch for me. And this really did. So I got lucky and Ron Kurtz, who founded the work, was teaching a workshop in my area within a few months of that. So I did an introduction to the work And what I saw him doing literally looked like magic. Like he was a mind reader and he was doing magic and doing these deep little bits of healing with people. And we were doing experiential exercises with each other as students. And I had epic healing happen for me. I felt safe for the first time in my entire life. I realized in one of the exercises like had a genuine deep in every single cell felt safe for the first time. Hadn't even known that I'd been walking around
0: feeling kind of unsafe.
1: That's crazy. Tell me about it. Yeah.
0: Tell me what, what, like, what is the experience?
1: How did it actually go? Well, this was an exercise. um, We were doing it in small groups and they, I think the, And it's so funny, I now teach this work and have been involved in it for years. And um, it's not an exercise we we typically do. We have so many things in our repertoire, but we were in small groups and the instruction was to take turns. And one person would get in whatever physical posture felt the most safe to them. Hmm. And the other people with the person in the center's permission and direction would support them in feeling safe. So say one person might be like, I'm going to get up in a fighting stance and I want someone to help kind of like hold my fists as fists or hold my arms up in front of my face. Like I've got my dukes up or whatever. For me, what felt most safe was I went into fetal position. Wow. And I was like, okay, I think there were three people in my group. I was like, I want one person to kind of put gentle pressure, like help my head. Curl into the fetal position, like not too much. So they were, you know, doing something that felt bad, but like they were doing it just enough so it felt like, yeah, you got it. I had another person spoon me from behind so that they were supporting me in fetal position. And then I had another person pushing my knees in. So everywhere that my body was pulling in, I had someone helping me make this safe container. Wow. And I was in there and the words in my head were, it's not safe, it's not safe, I'm 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 not safe. Like just spontaneously was going, 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 going. And then there was this moment and I had this deep exhale and I felt safe. I now know for the first time in my life. And what happened, I have this exhale, I realize I'm safe. And then my body spontaneously arched back and the image, I'm, I am not and was not flexible enough for this, but the image, the felt sense of it was I arched back and I was a snake and I ate my own tail. <laughs> 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 and it was one of the most profound healing experiences of my entire life in this little, you know, few day workshop. So I'm like, I got to study this work. Um, so I started studying the work and um became a teaching assistant and a teacher and a teacher in training and a teacher and I'm now a, a trainer of the work and I, I teach it in the in the southeastern U.S. and in Mallorca Spain um I'm really lucky I get to go over there and teach um in English I'm not bilingual unfortunately um but that's like my big love
0: uh, love for real just unreal is, um How did you touch is so fascinating because I think for some of us, that's, that sounds scary to me. Like if I were, Mm -hmm. and it it sounds like I would not know, like I would be saying, I want you to get away from me. I want you to get away from Mm -hmm. me. I wouldn't be saying now hold this part down. Like that sounds awful to me, but so I'm really fascinating, fascinated to know, like, how that works with trauma healing, mm-hmm. um, so it's customized to the person, yeah.
1: the part of why that worked and why it worked so deeply and so beautifully is it's because it's exactly what I wanted. It's exactly mm-hmm. what I needed. I had people supporting me and me going, "This would feel really good right now. Will you help me with this?" and doing How it and did not you doing know? too much. you just
0: like went in and and you just uh-huh imagined what would feel good that's so interesting Uh yeah so it's almost like um a meditative journey where you're
1: yeah sometimes we call it assisted assisted meditation Hmm. because it's quite it's so hakomi is mindful somatic psychotherapy so we use mindfulness mindfulness has always been part of our method in the 40 plus years that we've been around so people are in mindfulness so i had to be mindful to sense what would feel safe right now That's not an intellectual question. Mm -mm. That's an embodied question. What physical posture would feel safe right now? So I let my body say, oh, I want to get on the floor. I want to be in fetal position. I want to be on my right side, not my left side. You know, it's like really specific. And we all have this kind of knowing inside of us. Whereas for you, it might've been like, I want to be, I want to go in the closet and I want all of you to go on the other side (laughs) of the room and turn and face the other way. I want as much privacy
0: as possible. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's, you know, so it's like, we really tailor it to the person.
0: It's wild. And is it the fact that they can, um, that they are controlling it, do you think is a part of the healing? Like, because I know when you give someone autonomy mm -hmm. and control, it just like changes everything.
1: Yes. I think that's a piece of it. I like autonomy and choice better than I like choice. control. Control yeah. can have that kind of like, oh, you're a control freak connotation. Right. But choice. It's like that's that's a perfect word. Yeah. Where it's like, I choose this. And mm-hmm. that makes all the difference. It's empowering. If, if, yeah. if three people just kind of like ganged up on me and threw me <laughs> right. on the floor in
0: fetal position and did that, it'd be terrifying.
1: Yeah. You'd be an assault. Right. right?
0: Do you want to draw a card? Do you have some idea? Oh, yeah. Right over here. Hang on. I've
1: got my (laughs) headphones with me. I don't know if you know this deck. Four Four of Swords. swords, Truce. I want to see. Four of Swords. She says it's the negotiating mind, the conflict resolution mind, or the mediating mind. I'm gonna skip through a little a fourfold process that's experienced on all levels of consciousness, mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical represented by integrating the four swords, Hmm. the opportunity to move through conflictual issues. You need to be able to, these are things that she from her research of of indigenous um, traditions she brings these up a lot that you need to be able to show up, to pay attention, to tell the truth, and to not be attached to outcome. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting me drawing this now because I'm like, oh, I don't know "What this is about?" Other than, well, what we're I feel like, it, about- huh?
0: I feel okay. like it definitely like resonates with all that we just talked about. Um,
1: I feel like when we're suffering, sometimes there's a way that we're at war with ourselves. You know, if we're going into shame yeah. or we're beating ourselves up. Um, so some of it can be like part of what I do is help people call a truce inside themselves uh, and be able to look in with kindness and compassion on all the different parts of themselves that may have different conflicting MOs. Yeah. Um but also with you know talk about my birth and death and all these things like my mother was my most difficult relationship of my whole life uh, and I've, I've spoken to her through a couple of mediums and it just feels like there's mm. you know the story unfolds there's more there's more uh, work for me to do or for me to do with her on the other side to really come to more of a place of peace and truth like I've come a long
0: way and it feels like there's there's more there so yeah wow well what if I just pulled over another one as an example of something something else and I got four of cups Uh uh-huh okay so I mean these are so similar and they're both so beautiful I think of fours as like the calm before the storm Uh (laughs) uh-oh Um, uh-huh. You know, because fives are conflict and like the battle. And so, um, mm-hmm. truce is like the chance for the, um, for the soldier to lay down and rest for a bit before mm-hmm. he, you know, gather his energy and his strength to face something. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, um, Four of Cups, you know, is that, Is the feeling of like, you have everything, but you don't have what you need. It's not satisfying something. So that seems to me to really describe like something between you and your mom, like, you know, she's Mm -hmm. offering, but it's like, yeah, but that's not what I've been missing from you (laughs) all this time, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like it can seem in, like you're ungrateful, but it's like, nah, that's not what's needed for me.
1: Yeah. It's really funny. As much as I'm a listener, um, I do so much listening mm-hmm. in my work. And I, there's often stretches of silence where the other person is sensing inside. Um, so it's funny when I'm sort of given the, the floor, like I can talk. Yeah. I have a lot to say. Yeah, so it's really, and and I always, it feels like I always learn something, like I said at the beginning, so thank you. Yeah, I feel, I feel satisfied. I feel like we could talk for days, too, because we have so much cool stuff to talk about. Yeah.